this is just a little intro before the episode proper. I meant to take a week or so after Dog Days to get in order for the initiation of the regular series. I didn't mean for the show to go monthly. However, a bunch of busy life things have happened. I even started recording this episode once, but got interrupted by my son Fox texting me about a need to go to the doctor. I'll keep his medical case private, but it did eventually include the harrowing phrase, we'll call upstairs to see if we can schedule an OR for emergency surgery. As you can no doubt tell from my casual attitude, he's on the mend at this point. The drama has passed, though I have yet to get the final bill. Anyhow, let's get into the episode today. Oh, and I also developed a cold. Eh, I don't know if I sound that different. Maybe, I don't know. See if you can tell part one of the recording from part two. Hello all, welcome to September. Dog days are over and we enter a new phase of One Idget's Thoughts On. I remain Paul Mackey, your idget. Today we start with shows that have fared slightly better than that 80s show. These first episodes I've seen before. Most of the Marvel content will be new to me. Roswell I've seen a few more of. But we'll come around to episodes I've not seen for that series as well eventually. Let's lead off with the Roswell pilot. When possible, I will watch DVDs of the series, but for convenience, I will also use Hulu if I'm not in my living room. If you want to watch along, Hulu is an option in the U.S., and it's possible it is on Disney Plus in Canada, as I hear for many Hulu shows that is where they land. The show also streams on Tubi with ads. I had followed along with the Illegal Aliens podcast while they existed. If any Illegal Aliens listeners or Inc. hosts have found this, I don't remember what I remember, necessarily. If I have absorbed an opinion or point of issue and now put it on as my own, I apologize in advance. An overview of Roswell. The series was based on a YA novel series called Roswell High. It was created by Jason Kadams. I hope I'm pronouncing that one correctly. And in the pilot, we see... The cast, Shiri Appleby as Liz, Mahandra Delfino as Maria, Jason Bear as Max, Brendan Fair as Michael, Catherine Heigl as Isabel, and Colin Hanks as Alex. There's a lot of names in the supporting cast as well, but that already felt like quite the list. I plan to take time out each episode to look at an individual in depth. The pilot was written by Jason Kadams and was directed by David Nutter pilot starts out in voiceover with Liz writing in a journal that she died five days ago and then things got really weird. We get a doozy of a first scene, introducing Liz and Maria as waitresses at the Crashdown Cafe. We get the kitsch of the diner with its alien pop culture references. We get a couple of UFO tourists, a sketchy, real alien photo that Liz shares only with them. We get Maria telling Liz that Max Evans is staring at her and then chaos breaks out at a nearby table. A gun is produced, and a struggle ensues, ending when the gun goes off and the two combatants flee the scene. Liz is on her back, and Max goes to her despite Michael trying to stop him. Max put his hand on her abdominal gunshot wound and implores Liz to keep looking at him. We get flashes of children in a playground, and after these flashes and some twitching, he draws his hand away to show she is bloody, but healed. Max tosses his car keys to Michael, who seems panicked about the approaching sirens, and Max breaks a ketchup bottle and dumps it on Liz, telling her she broke the bottle when she fell and got the ketchup on her, then pleads briefly for her to use that story and not tell anyone what happened before running to the jeep that Michael is driving and speeds away. That is quite the sentence. Oh well. 
Now, I'm not going to go into this kind of detail for every scene of every episode, but this was quite literally the very beginning of the first act of the episode, and it got a tremendous amount of work done at a pace that was pretty frenetic, but still digestible. It was well-written, and I will talk Jason Kadams soon, but right now I want to talk David Nutter, director of the pilot. David Nutter is a director known by the nickname The Pilot Whisperer. I've already discussed a pilot directed by him once for Supernatural, which also has a first five minutes that will leave an impression. I won't list all the pilots he has directed, but included besides the two aforementioned shows, there were also Millennium, Smallville, Dark Angel, Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles, Arrow, and The Flash. He's also directed many episodes of Game of Thrones, including one with a certain wedding. Later in Game of Thrones, he also won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Directing. In the aftermath of the gunshot at the cafe, Liz's dad, played by John Doe, arrives and Liz assures him that she is fine. It's ketchup. Sheriff Valenti, played by William Sadler, and Deputy Blackwood, played by Michael, still a deputy horse, investigate. The UFO tourists try to help. Liz attempts to direct attention away from Max and Michael, saying she did not recognize them, but the nosy tourists say she seemed familiar with them. At home... Liz notes the hole in her uniform, hiding it away in a backpack, then notes a silvery handprint where Max touched her. In biology class, Liz is able to collect cells from a pencil that Max chewed on and look at them under the microscope, and they do not resemble her own human cells. She pulls him into a music classroom, and after getting her boyfriend, the sheriff's son, Kyle, to leave, she confronts Max with the handprint and what she saw in the bio lab. He reveals he's an alien. And when she hastily tries to leave, he reminds her not to tell anyone anything about this. We get a brief scene with Maria talking to Alex about Liz avoiding her, then a scene at a taco stand with Max, Isabel, and Michael arguing about Max's healing and how he later told Liz the truth. Michael says they should leave town, Max says they should just lie low, and Isabel is somewhere in the middle that they should have a plan that doesn't result in them getting taken by the government for experimentation or worse. As they drive away from the stand, Sheriff Valenti pulls them over, basically telling them, Be careful out there. Later, Kyle sees the handprint on Liz, but she covers it and doesn't say anything about it. Max talks to her later that night about the connection he made seeing her past, and offers to try to connect again so she can see his past, and it happens. She sees his past, sees herself through his eyes, and it apparently affects her, and she sees him differently after that. Alex passes along Maria's concerns, and she again sticks to the story that nothing happened when they are interrupted by Deputy Blackwood, taking her to the sheriff's station for Valenti to ask her questions. He shows her photos from 1959 of a dead man with a silvery handprint on his chest, asking if she knows about the mark. After she denies it, he says Kyle saw the mark on her. She shows that there is no mark. He asks what she knows of Max, and if he was at the cafe that day, which she denies, then he gives her the book bag where she had stashed the waitress uniform. Valenti speaks with a mysterious man about the situation, and he takes the uniform from Valenti to test, quote, in the lab, though he says he doesn't think the case has much merit. The man, Agent Stevens, says Valenti's father's nickname at the agency was Sergeant Martian, a joke. Valenti shares that he used to think his dad was crazy too, but he's not sure. Liz goes to Max after returning from the sheriff's office and demands to know everything, claiming she'll go to the sheriff with what she knows otherwise. He explains they were in the famous 1947 UFO crash, but in incubation pods, they being himself, Michael and Isabel. 
They keep their alien nature secret from everyone, even their parents. They can connect with people and manipulate molecular structures. She tells about the photo Valenti showed her, and it confuses him. It shouldn't be possible. But she drives home her main point. Valenti suspects him. Max goes directly to Isabel. It's time to leave Roswell, and they meet up with Michael. Maria uses Liz's same threat back to Liz. Tell me the truth, or I'll tell Valenti what I know. And when pressed, it sounds like she knows enough to be dangerous. She plays the best friend card as well. Maria promises not to freak out about what Liz says, but that lasts about two seconds as she runs off screaming. In the Jeep, Michael is excited to hear about the photo. They think the three of them are not, in fact, alone, and if they find the person from 1959, they can find out the truth, where they're from, and what they are. Liz is riding in Maria's car. Maria is freaking out. They spot the Jeep and stop to talk to the three aliens. Liz reveals that she told Maria, then says that if they leave town, the sheriff will know for sure, and she has a plan. Max says he's going to turn himself in, and this jars Isabel enough to listen to the plan. In the plan, Max allows himself to be cuffed by Valenti, admitting he was at the cafe the day of the shooting, but denying he did anything to Liz. They stage an accident where Maria appears to have been hit by a car with a costumed figure kneeling over her for a while and taking off. When the sheriff reaches Maria, she has a silvery handprint on her chest but seems otherwise okay. The sheriff pursues the costumed figure, and when he thinks he finds him, it turns out the guy is his son Kyle. They had Michael dress in an identical costume, and he got away. Valenti confronts Max but ultimately releases him. Max and Liz have a close moment where Max explains it wouldn't be safe for them to have a relationship. Liz says she doesn't care, but they part ways. I really like this pilot. It really set out a lot of information in a quick 44-minute episode. I was going to try for a quick summary originally, but there was so much that it seemed important. Of course, there was a lot more plotting and explanation than character exploration, but of course in a TV series... There will be time for that going forward. The characters are shown mostly in the broadest strokes, though there is a nice attention to Liz, as there probably should be. We get that she's a thinker, scientific-minded. We do have to make that television leap that she thinks she is plain, and Max should have no reason to find her intriguing. It's a nice touch that he has had a crush on her for a long time. She does seem to be all over the place, at one moment mesmerized by that second connection, then suddenly demanding all the answers and threatening to go to Valenti. Some of this could be explained away by her teenage mind, but it is clearly a means to get more exposition into the episode. There were interesting little details, from the essential oils Maria was sniffing directly from to the Tabasco bottles that allowed Valenti to make a connection between the cafe and the aliens in the Jeep. I thought Isabel listening to the CD by holding it to her ear was kind of dumb, but I also thought it had to be an obscure reference to the first episode of the 1986 Starman TV adaptation where Robert Hayes, as the alien, holds a cassette tape to his ear and listens to it. I think I'd give this pilot episode a solid 8 out of 10 uh, Tabasco bottles. We'll get those out of the way in the first episode. That wraps it up for this episode. I'm not sure if the description went longer because it's an hour-long drama, because it was a very tightly packed pilot, or because I liked it. It's possible it was some of all of those. I think I'd like to create more categorized topics like I had for that 80s show, but I'm not sure what those categorized topics would be yet. I would, of course, love any suggestions from the listening audience, either idgitcastpodcast at gmail.com or the Idgitcast Facebook page, or directly on the episode post at quadruplez.com. Next time, 
I plan to start Marvel What If. I'm a little intimidated by this one. I'm wondering if it is made for super fans or general audiences. I'm somewhere in the middle of those two groups. It'll be interesting to see if I struggle with figuring out what's going on or if I just get sucked into the stories. For some previous Marvel TV and movies, it has not been the latter. Well, that's for next time. Also coming soon, I hope to have some random surprise content along with the scheduled plan. Until next time, they're probably not watching you, but don't worry, I'm watching them. You have been listening to the One Idiot's Thoughts on podcast, produced by Paul Mackey in association with Quadruplez.com. Theme music is Too Good by Jack Mangan and is used by permission from him. If you would like to hear other podcasts by me, you might try The Ghostlight Podcast, a completed intro cast about the TV series Slings and Arrows, or Idiot Cast, an intro cast for the TV series Supernatural. Both can be found on fine podcasting listening software everywhere or at quadruplez.com. Love is tough, but so-